Are you ready for some judgment? I'm ready for all these comics. Yeah! So ready. Welcome to the Ex-Wife Podcast. I'm Alicia. And I'm Judgmental Justin. Ooh, that's not a nice name. But it's appropriate. It's appropriate. I guess. I gotta say, these comics... Doozy Toozy? This is a... This is a doozy toozy for sure. Yeah, this is great. This is great. This was a fantastic week of comics. What'd you say to me? You you finished Knights of X? I finished Knights of X. And so Justin, you know, puts them in the order. So I finished Knights of X. I looked at the Judgment Day issue and I thought, this better be real good if Knights of X was first. And it did not disappoint. It delivered. It was judged as worthy. Mm-hmm. We're getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah. First, let's talk about what are we even talking what's, about today? What's the rundown? We're talking about X-Men Unlimited number 45. Is that correct? 44, I believe. 44. So close. Knights of X number four. In Judgment Day, Numero number uno. one. The big event is here. But before the big event comes in, it's time for the news. I tried that sound effect last night. It was yeah. fun. I liked it. It was fun. So uh, my friend and boss slash co-worker who listens to our podcast said, requested. Demanded. He was like, we need a, we need a new sound. And we need a boop, boop, boop. And Justin and I, I was texting Justin and I was trying to get across the sound in words and Justin was being <laughs> just like a little. I was being myself. Yeah. I was being proud of who I am. And he was like, oh, I don't get it. Could you spell it out it again? Yeah. The pusher anyway. of buttons. But anyway, we did it. The news. The so news. So what do we got? The news is light. Okay. And there's light a good news. reason for that because oh. it's San Diego Comic-Con this weekend. So everything's weekend. happening this weekend. Everything's happening this weekend. It'll all be revealed. We're insanely jealous of any the and FOMO all folks. I have. Yeah. Sadly, I'll be like all of you watching from afar and frantically posting as anything is revealed on Saturday. Or So many of our amazing podcast friends are involved in panels and things like that this weekend. So that's really exciting. If you are there... Go check them out. Go there's check them a out. um there's an X-Men fan panel, there's a anniversary of the X-Men animated series panel, there's and there's Asian an Asian, represent- yeah, Asian representation in comics panel, and those are put on um, by House of X podcast, X Reads podcast and Power of X-Men, I believe. So, check those out. There's a great interview with Kieran Gillen and Valerio Shidi on Marvel's website uh-huh. talking about AXE, they are the the core team for the main event book, and nice. it's interesting. Just I, I started reading it, I didn't finish reading it, but hearing from Kieran his perspective on balancing his voices. So he is the one writer for the Eternals, mm-hmm. but he's one voice of many on the X Men side, and he is the main writer for the event. So that's exciting. Wearing all these hats, and also just speaking to how this event is coming out of everything that's happening in those titles, in those stories. It's a lot to keep track of. It's a lot to keep track of, but it's also very clear in this first issue of Judgment Day how interconnected it is to the stories that he's been working on and building. Apparently, he had an idea for an Eternals versus X-Men war that was going to be an Immortal X-Men. Oh. A little bit more 
low key and a little longer simmering, but they approached him if they had an idea, if he had an idea for an event. And he's like, well, I guess. Well, I got just, this. Let's just blow this up. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Logan and Deadpool are making their way to Disney+. Plus. <gasps> what? Right. We're entering Wait, R-rated territory. What? Yeah. They are streaming on Disney Plus coming soon. Stop it. Oh, wait, just the movies? Right. I thought you were telling me that literally we were going to get a Wolverine and Deadpool show together on Disney Plus, and I got really way too excited about that. No, the movies Deadpool and and Logan. All right. Well, that's also fun. Yeah. There was an X-Force 30 preview. This is not really news. Cool. It's just a preview, and it shows Deadpool and Omega Red pissing each other off already uh, amazing it's gonna be so good our comic vote i remembered this week okay 62 percent judgment day Ooh. 38 percent knights of x 38 percent is a pretty strong percent that's, when that's we're talking third. about a big event issue one right 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 yeah and and knights of x doesn't uh, have as many fans as i think it should it anyway. doesn't and i feel like that there are reasons because of that right and right. i would say and I don't want to get too ahead of myself. But this is probably the best single X-Men issue that Teeny Howard has put out. Okay. I I will believe that. I mean, I I really enjoy Knights of X overall. So, and I really enjoyed Excalibur. So, I think maybe my view of Teeny's writing is different than everybody else's or a handful of people, the majority of folks, but I did I was we'll get to it when we get to it, but right. this issue. Whoo-wee. Ready? It's time. Let's talk about this Infinity comic. So we're coming back to X-Men Green. We're joined by the Marauders. We're getting... A a Marauders, New Mutants, Love Child. It's an interesting group. I do. We're pretty much picking up right where we left off with X-Men Green. I I do love the fact that Kate and Ilyana are like team leads. Yes. And it's as if their teams cross-mingled. There's no other Marauders, really. But so many of these people have been new mutants that we've seen in that title. Yes. And it is it is definitely, uh, you know, questionable where this falls on the timeline. Everything is. Since, you know. Kate's dead. Kate's dead. <laughs> and or in space. So that's fine. Don't know where these Magic jackets are coming from. Magic is lost in limbo currently. Sure. Right. Yeah, but you got to have the jacket so everybody knows. These Red Cross X-Men. I'm into these jackets, actually. I, I kind of am, I too. take one. Even I'll the suits. It. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't know that I would pair the jackets and the suits together. Um, I don't love the look as a whole, but I do like the individual pieces. Hmm. But anyway, that's not the point. The point is this this team has come to Put out the clean fire. up the mess of X-Men Green. Save the day. I I liked seeing these other mutants that I don't I haven't seen often like Birdie Wind Dancer again. that was cool yeah Birdie, Birdie again. again how I keep trying to make Birdie happen we're it's here happening. for it it's happening this is the third fourth Birdie is no fetch no we shall make Birdie happen Brother Nature who I haven't really seen much at all yeah I thought that was interesting I you know triage though yeah from that book yeah and then Alchemist as well I don't really know too well. But I thought, you know, I love an opportunity to get to know some mutants I don't know, to explore their powers. This was a cool juxtaposition of people, the people who are being hurt, kind of 
saying, wait, you're the X-Men. I thought they were the X-Men. And and also this understanding of more and more people now knowing that the X-Men green team is not actually in the pit. Right. Yeah. Words out. We got to talk to Doug. It's a lot of saving, though. And they're really stepping apart from the lip. They're trying to say, no, we're the good guys. We're the ones you can trust. We're here to save you. Break you out of this weird tree formation. <laughs> save you. But but just because you save one group doesn't mean you save them all because X-Men Green is on to the next. Right. You know. And that's, you know, they're coming for horticulture. So or they're they're. They're, They're collaborating. working with horticulture. Interesting. They've been. Uh, that was towards the end of or the, the last chapter of X-Men Green. Right. Yeah, it's been a little while. So I can't always keep it straight. I got to say, too, at the beginning when Nature Girl's look progressed, I was a little unsure. But this final image of the team walking forward, I'm feeling it. I'm starting to feel the Nature Girl vibe. Like her look, I'm into it. It's. It's growing on me. The only way forward is Armageddon. Written by Steve Orlando. Art by Amelia Lasso. Colorist Rachel Rosenberg. Letters Joe Sabino. Oh, VCs, Joe Sabino. Joe, you know. You know. Hey. Oh, my gosh. Tell me about Knights of X's cover. Oh, this cover. I stared at this cover for so Long. Just trying to dive into the details. I just love it. It's so detailed. It's so interesting. Who's These who? Fragments of, of the story, the epicness of it all. I I think this is a beautiful cover. The siege perilous, and it very much so gives you a, a, a capturing of what's going in. It feels like it matches the issue. Yeah. But, despite not getting any answers, on the most pressing question, I really enjoyed this issue. Yeah, yeah. You did. You're, you're talking about Gambit. I'm always going to be talking about Gambit. Well, I think it's really interesting. I, I do want to. Well, maybe I'll bring this up later. So never mind. Okay. Well, they do allude to there is a progression of what's happening with Gambit in this. It's, it's not, not like it's not good though. Well, we don't know that yet. Sure. You know, but anyway, shall we? Yeah. Page turn noise. Into the crooked market. Picking right back up with that battle. King Arthur. Hey, those jerks took my son I never loved. We ride. Yeah. King Arthur is like, let's go. Let's get them. They're weak. They're down. Let's go. We get a little quick reminder from our narrator. Hey, Gambit died last issue. We're in other worlds, so we don't know what's going to happen. Also, I love how King Arthur just has no problem with his men or his team just trampling the people of the Crooked Market. Oh, yeah, yeah. Run them over with your horses. They have been aiding and abetting witch breed. They are enemies of the state. Oh, lordy. And right there, nice and quick, we get a title page. Impassable. Part four, The Seat of the Self. Written by Teeny Howard. Art by Bob Quinn. Color art by Eric Arseniega. Letters, Ariana Maher. VCs, Ariana Maher. Here's the thing. I knew I was going to love this issue just from this recap this little recap moment felt so story booky to me like that's one of the things i liked so much about this issue was it felt very much like i was reading a novel and i was just getting to like a really good chapter of a novel like 
the That's, meat of it, the and and obviously the way that the images help tell the story, but it felt like I was reading a fantasy novel, and I that's part of why I like Excalibur and Knights of X so much. Well, I think that that's part of the reason why Knights of X is so much stronger than Excalibur in my mind is because it is so much more focused in its narrative mm-hmm. that it is one story. It is a complete story arc, not with the intent of seeding other story arcs or having character side quests. Yeah. The entire thing is the team it has mission. a focus. Yeah. It has a focus. And where Excalibur was a little all over the place. And and intentionally because you're trying to build in the same way that Marauders currently is a little all over the place and not succeeding as you know, I have my feelings and uh. there are different approaches that I think that writers will take if they're only responsible for this story in a miniseries. And I'm pretty sure this was always going to be a miniseries. Yeah, and it's a lot easier, I think on the writers to have that be the situation because they know their beginning, middle, and end before. Like, they know where it's going to end. Whereas when you're writing a, an, a series and you don't know where it's going to end, you constantly have to be, like, thinking on your feet and reinventing. And you can have an arc, but you still have to be seeding what's your next arc because you can't just end it and then the next arc be like, okay, we're starting Start from fresh, scratch. you know? So it's a little bit more challenging. And it also gives you... When you know where the ending is and you know how many issues you have to get to that ending, it gives you a a better idea of how your layout is going to be, I think. But anyway, I'm ready to dig into this baby. Oh, man. Rally of the Knights. Gambit's dead. He's on the ground and everybody's freaking out. Everybody's freaking out. Megan especially. I love her in this issue, especially at the start. What would Rogue do? Stop talking about him as if he was expendable. Yeah, that's true. But I do love how Betsy's like, Rogue would just suck it up and cry about it later. Right. That's exactly what Megan's saying, too. We need to do something about this, not just get lost in the battle. Mm-hmm. Richter will forever quote Apocalypse. Oh, Richter. As Jim Jasper's here to play and slay the Furies all day. I was here for Jim Jasper's in this issue. Yeah. I was like, let's go, Jim. Flexing those powers. While also making a portal, me thinks he should be coming with us. Like, make um, him a knight. Yeah, but also, Jim, you had that power this whole time. Well, he's been collared up by the dampener. Yeah, I guess. It just feels like... He couldn't use his mutant powers. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Anyway, he's taking down the Furies. And this... Oh, God. The decision to move forward because now they have... Gambit was the sacrifice, so the thing that they need to happen to open the you know, the gateway or whatever, it's happened. But the fact that they carry Gambit's lifeless body, yeah. woof, that yeah. was a that was a stab in my heart. Like, I'm glad that they did it. I'm glad that they didn't just leave his body there and that they're saying, listen, we know this is other worlds. I think for me, the moment where they said, someone says, well, he died in other worlds and he can't come back. There was a part of me that was like, no, you don't know that. Don't say it. And yeah. then... They're like, no, we don't know. We're going to take his body. Anything could happen in the Siege Perilous. Right. We don't know how we can fix this, maybe. Hopefully. I think so. They better. Papa Arthur, following along. It's like he's just realized he's a dad. For my son, I must save him. Like, yeah. Like, social services has a mole on his nights, and they've realized, hey, he's not been taking care of his kid. And... But also, since when does he care to save his son? Like, right. why is he going at it like this? Right. It... it of the things that I loved about this issue, that was the most like, wait, what? What? Are you, what? 
Who are you? We can let it pass, though, for this beautiful, foreshadowy moment on the bottom of the page. Sure. I, l- I mean... I, I, this is a beautiful moment. I just don't know how much I let pass for the, that moment. You know? I, I just am like, if we're talking about this, this, this page, that's the important part for me. I'll never leave you alone, Betsy. Okay, Rachel, thank you. But, you know, I think... It's an interesting argument, right, of Betsy being like, we got to move forward. And, and I don't really know how I feel about them wanting to stay to fight the Furies. I feel like they should want to keep going, but yeah. I don't know. Well, it's hard because that's their mission, right? Right. But also they're X-Men. They're heroes. They want to save those who are in danger. They're Jedi. Right. They can't leave somebody struggling. Right. Yeah. But at the same time, those people are only struggling because the Furies are there for the mutants, no? So if you disappear, the problem should go disappear. Maybe. Hopefully. Hopefully. Well, it doesn't matter because they're jumping in anyway and they're all going with. Including Arthur and his King men Arthur. trapped in the muddy pits of the Siege Perilous. Oh, man. Hey, traveler. Ah, no. no. You're in my house, silly man. I live here, fool. I'm going to step on your face. I love it. And you, King Arthur, are a horrible person. Yeah. Perfection. Yeah. It puts you through the ringer, which sucks for you because you're terrible. Because you're terrible. Go sink in this mud. It's the vaguest breakup letter I've ever seen. (laughs) We're good, but not that good. I'm going off on my own. I have other priorities. I'm a king and a father. You are not. I am ignoring Roma, which Curls points out later on in one of our questions. Arthur is a um, Merlin is a father. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Roma is his daughter. Yeah. Yep. But now I'm I'm shifted. I don't know. Did Merlin lose his grasp on Arthur? Is that what's happening? I think so. That, maybe. It, right? Maybe there was some sort of shift in his magic and he can't. He's resisting Arthur's control, seemingly the directive of just fighting for him and his larger kingdom of. Yeah. And I wonder if this statement of, but you have never been a father, and the the way that father is underlined, do you think that's more like you are a parent, like you bore a child, but you were never a father. You never raised your child. You never did the things a father does. Too busy magicking. Too busy doing magic. And it doesn't matter because I'm going on my own way, Merlin. Goodbye. Taking my troops, and I'm out. Now we get our individual mercators. Man, I got to tell you, it wasn't obviously until later pages that I realized what was happening. Because you and also, you only have a vague idea of what happened in the Siege Perilous when it's happened right, before, right. right? So when Richter saw Apocalypse and he was like, it's you and the hand is there. I was like, oh my God, it's happening. Yeah. Apocalypse is here. And then we get to the next, you know, interaction. And I was like, oh, dang it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Megan. She's not swayed by this arrogant, smooth-talking Brian. I love her little facial expression when he puts his finger on her mouth and, and the, she's like, and no. And the fangs. Yeah. The teeth. She's coming not out. having it. She's like, what are you doing? I'm my, the fae. My, yeah. First of all, yes. When she's like, don't you even try to trick the fae up in other worlds. This is my house. Yeah. We're slowly revealing the conditions of our situation. My Brian would never. As Mordred goes one-on-one with his teched-up dad. Oh, yeah. His whole life seems to be that of hatred. Interesting to see that Betsy is so self-conscious around the Captain Britain Corps. 
Like, that's what this next thing is. And that's what she's battling, this idea. They're all telling her she's worthless and she's not doing a good job and she's Mm. not fit to be the Captain Britain that she is. Yeah. And I guess that that's like unconscious. Right. Sure. Because I don't get that from her character and especially the way that she stands up to them and and doesn't seem to have, you know, she she sees that in herself but rises to meet that as a right threat. yeah but just i i guess it just meant interesting for us to have that be pointed out as like that's her inner demon right all of these things are kind of showing their inner demons sure yep and she's the one who really makes the connection makes it click ah this whole thing is a siege perilous well, she's been here before she's done the siege perilous yes that's i got that from you know the little the little editor's note and I was like, ah, okay, things I don't know, yet I am beginning to understand. Shogo's got a little side story, and he's oh, freaking Shogo. out about Gambit. As as he should. As he should. As we all should. Saturnine does not know how to deal with children, even dragon children. Oh, but Roma's doing a great job. Right. Shogo wants to go. He wants to join the battle. They need a tenth knight now. What I thought was so interesting about this page is that Roma says... To Shogo, can you take a form better suited for your needs? And I was like, does that mean that Shogo can shapeshift and become a different thing other than a dragon? Because she then says, like, you can't just go off and burn up your enemies. And so saying, can you take a form that's better suited for your needs is like, can Shogo become something else? Or does Shogo have the ability to transform back into a person? I don't know. He definitely has not shown that ability. Right. And Roma's referencing his training and trying to focus. So I think that there's something in terms of like getting control over the outbursts as he's breathing fire and you can see. And then as we know, it's really Rachel communicating with him on Mm -hmm. the next page. Yes. Setting this into motion as they get out of there before Merlin's weird bearded orcs come (laughs) Come to destroy them. But I do love how they just kind of cave in and they're like, all right, fine, we'll go fight. Let's do it. Let's get out of here. <gasps> this page. The, the most beauty. beautiful. I can't even say the most beautiful. One of the most beautiful epic pages of this issue. And I have to say this page paired with this data page really oh, makes yeah. me understand and be so excited about the Escani situation. And cements this as a solid name for Rachel. Because she is always just, she was Rachel Summers for the longest time. She was Phoenix for a while. Mm-hmm. She was Prestige for a while. Oh, I remember you saying that, yeah. Uh, I love Ascani. I feel like I've always thought that Rachel should be more important than she is. We have all thought that. And this is like, this whole thing, I, there's something in this data page that then when I was reading the Judgment Day issue... I was like, is this situation of Rachel having this protection of the timelines, is that going to play into the Judgment Day arc at all? Hmm. And I'll try to remember what it is when we get there. But I remember reading and there was some reference to, to time and like altering or messing with time. And I was like, hmm, I wonder if that will play in. But either way, this whole thing is so cool and Rachel looks so dope just like meditating in the fire of the siege perilous. Yeah. Hey, Iskani, you got to do the thing. Who? What? We need you. I don't. The timelines need you, huh? 
She needs you. Oh, all right, let's go. Let's do it. That's all you had to say. But the data page, yeah, I love, I love this data page, which is not something I often say. No. <laughs> We're getting a whole list of editor's notes in narrative form. Excalibur collecting her involvement with that original team as a destiny to her becoming Mother Ascani in the future. This is a grade A data page. This data page, uh, this is a nod to you. This is a, a toot of the Justin horn. This data page felt like a one of the episodes where you give me like a history of yeah. a character. I felt very much like this was giving me the cliff notes of, of Rachel in a way that was really engaging, but also made me understand the depth of her character so much more. Like, I'm pretty sure I knew as I was reading it, it was familiar that she doesn't really have any variants of her. But like knowing that and knowing her relationship to the timeline and all these other things, like that was really cool to read and learn and, like I said, it's just really, I'm really excited for the development of this for her character. Yeah. Yeah. Eric Huffman said that he loved seeing the development and background on Rachel and would love to hear us do somewhat of an origin for her. Oh, yeah. So. Not, and I'm not sure how much more there is because, you know, I mean, there it's is. It's all more. right there. Right. But, but there's, pro- there's always more. She's the only one of her kind in any timeline, which makes her able to see through it all and help those lost. And an interesting connection to Tempo's power Mm. over a specific timeline. And the other thing that is interesting about this data page is the final line. The sacred timeline of mutant peace must be protected. And thinking about Sinister and the way that he is messing with time right now makes me think, too, that there's some way that Rachel could be involved in that going forward. Yeah, spot him in his involvement. Yeah. More Knights of Mercator. <laughs> Shatterstar, a little fight night action interrupted by Rachel, who starts to see through it. Mm-hmm. And I, I like that even though Rachel got the vision of the person saying, like, you have to do this, she always knew, like, what was going on. She seemed to have a handle on what was going on, so now she's... Yeah, she was not tested by it at all. She could yeah. always see through. And I think that's speaking to her clarity of vision. Yes. Bay. So now she's, yeah, what's happening This was here? my favorite of the siege visions. This this turmoil within her, her warlike nature and just Doug being so peaceful and friendly and cute. Mm-hmm. And, and take her fear of taking him down. Yeah. Why are you Why are you giving out your hand? Oh, my God. <laughs> Classic of Scott, Iraqi. I loved that what, what is this what, what are you what are you doing do you guys not offer helping hands on Araco? no that's like, weakness no are we you don't do me? that that was that was hysterical that was a great moment kai lun he was really giving into his vision and didn't seem to care that it was a lie no it's kind of messed up that we take the great emotional turmoil of kai lun and turn it into an opportunity for the most epic kiss of the series oh yeah but it is beautiful. It is so beautiful. She just like she throws up that flare and Betsy is there and just just this you know, you know when it hits of you realize you're alone and you don't know where the other person is and then you have this feeling of oh my god, did I lose them? And then you that's when you realize how much they actually mean to you when you think you've lost them and then you see them and then butterflies. Magic rainbow butterflies. As they kiss floating in the sky, this page is gorgeous. Yeah. I mean, the art overall. Let's give a shout out to the art overall. Bob Quinn and Eric Arseniega always killing it. Loving it. Loving it. 
But those butterflies are actually Mr. M watching us. It's not weird. It's not weird. I've been watching everyone the whole time. Mr. M's reaction to Mordred, he's got this like, ew, don't touch me vibes in that yeah. corner panel. Like, uh, get away uh, from me. No, I don't, I don't care. You. You're and, in it. Uh, you guys should probably get ready because... The battle ensues. You know, Merlin's here. Impossible. Ugh, and then it ends. And they can't find Gambit's body. Right. So that, to me, just feels like Gambit's going to be fine and he's going to appear somewhere. I think it's extremely interesting that... We are starting a Gambit miniseries set in a time that is just after the original Siege Perilous story with the X-Men. Oh. Him coming into contact with Storm and she's a younger child is just after she's gone through the Siege Perilous and was remade because of it. (gasps) And the fact that it's him too, just so many interesting connections that we have this space and this layered connection that's that's exciting but what were your thoughts big picture i loved this issue i thought the pacing was great the detail was great there was just enough dialogue and voiceover and text information to give me that like juicy novel feeling but then the art filled in all the other things when i was reading this i was thinking about when we talked to Joshua Kasara and he was talking about Ben Percy's scripts and how Ben Percy's scripts are so descriptive and so narrative and it gives him so much to play with as an artist. And I was like, I wonder what this script was like. Yeah. I wonder how much there was put into it because it just felt like such a solid story. And I really, really enjoyed it. I liked the character development moments. I liked the action. I thought it really the pacing was great it really pushed the story forward while also giving us those intimate moments for each of the characters and it built us up to a point where it makes the final issue because there's five of them correct yep so where it makes this final issue that's coming up feel like it's going to be epic and amazing and i do hope it lives up to that it's got to be it's the big battle right right it's it's essentially the end issue of both Excalibur and Knights of X Mm -hmm. because the last issue of Excalibur really just set us up to go into Knights of X and deal with that problem as it's building. And then the tease was that this is not the end for Betsy. Right. Something else will happen for her. Yeah. Yeah. I love Knights of X. I, I love the plot, love the broad focus on character, the art spectacular, the coloring is so rich. Yes. I'm honestly sad to see it end, but also at the same point, I feel like that's what makes it so good is because it's so focused in that space, what we were talking about before. I'm not sure what those next stages will be after the fifth and final issue. And unless we have a lot of dangling plot thread energy at the end of this, I'm not sure how excited I am for it. I almost, I want this to go somewhere else, you know, get, take Betsy and do a different adventure if you want to. But this feels like it's wrapping up a lot of the things that we're building up over the course of everything. I don't want Otherworld to go away completely because in my heart, I still think Apocalypse is gunning for that Omniversal Magister position. Oh, for sure. And I'm here for that. But that's just... Yeah, I think in the way that you know something is so good and you enjoy it so much, but you don't want it to end, but also... When it does end, it feels like a very satisfying conclusion. I feel like that's what this is going to give us. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully. And so in that instance, if that's what we get in issue five, I'm going to be okay with it ending because 
the story is so juicy, you know? It reminds me of the completeness of Hellions and the fact that yes. I would love to see a second volume of Hellions. At the same time, I don't want a forced attempt to recapture that magic, right. especially by a different creative team. Yeah. Yes, that's the key. You know, when you've got you've got the good thing going, you don't want to try to replicate that. You want, if a new creative team takes on an, a story or a title, you want them to be able to do their own thing with it and hopefully not, you know, kill your favorite character. Yeah. <laughs> How mad are you that we didn't get any new information about Gambit's alive or dead? I'm not mad about it. Honestly, I feel like what we got in this issue was the team responding to gambit situation which and then and then it built up to this anticipation of at the end of the issue oh wait where did his body go and that led me to believe that we're going to get some sort of answer or some sort of inkling of where he's at in the next issue so it was a cliffhanger moment that i felt i I felt good about. I enjoyed it. And I, I wasn't upset at all about not knowing whether he's alive or dead. But well, you feel differently. I do. Enjoyed the issue overall, but wanted more information about Gambit because I'm still, I don't know if mad or just like anxious feeling of well, well, what is he. Anxious feelings. We'll talk about those when we talk about Judgment Day. Yeah, sure. And that's <laughs> a similar vein of the same story, right? I think... As much as Gambit is something that makes me nervous, this other situation makes me more nervous. What do you think about Rachel's new codename being Ascani? Into it. Love Into it. it. Here for it. Let's go. Hail Ascani. Cosine. It's the new praise tarn. What? Yeah. Hail Ascani. What are you hoping to see in this final battle? And what are your thoughts about where Betsy's story can go from here? So final battle, I... I'm interested to see what happens with King Arthur if he really truly is on their side or really into like if he has some sort of awakening of realizing how horrible he's been and if he's not under Merlin's spell anymore if he's so concerned about his son maybe he will realize that the mutants are actually there to help his son and then he'd be like on their team or something. I want to see Shogo in action. He came here to Otherworld. He's got this story Melt going realities. on. So like I want to see him come in and do some stuff. And I really just, I don't know that I want the whole issue to be a battle. I really want to get into the Siege Perilous and how that wraps up the story and, and how that does things. I don't really want that to be like, and there you go, transport home, boop at the end of the issue. Well, I mean, the the point of the Siege of Perilous is that it does this individual journey and then you go on your way. That mm-hmm. that's really like the test of it is to confront your inner Yes. Okay. Self. Well, that makes sense, but at the same point, so I guess then what I would want is a little bit more of how everybody's inner self is tested because they saw we saw the little glimpses of that and there was this information at the beginning of the series of each of you is on even though there's a general quest for everyone each of you is on your own individual quest yeah and so a little bit more into how each of those they quests deal with get it. wrapped up i think i would like and then to your other question about betsy i'm not really sure what i want to see from betsy i really don't i'm not interested in any more captain britain core right now I don't really want to see her become like there was kind of a a nod in this about their 
uh, Saturnine and Roma's like real intentions for Betsy and kind of wanting her to be chain her to to you in every timeline. And I don't, so I don't really want to see her like just become Saturnine's right hand again or like her essentially like her protector. Well, she's sitting on the throne in this preview image of the next. She's sitting on a throne. She's in between Merlin and Saturnine. Betsy. Yes. So it'd be cool if Betsy became the, whatchamacallit. I don't think she can, but. But if she's sitting on a throne, maybe she is. I don't know. What do you, what do you want to see? Action, battle? battle, explosions, some turning. I like the idea of, I don't think Arthur's going to go full pro mutants, but I think he'll realize the error in his ways mm-hmm. and find some middle ground in an attempt to save his son. I do want to see a lot of just epic fights, especially in this siege darkness. Yeah, I feel like, I don't know. There's something about like a few pages of epic fight that I like, but I want more. Yeah. I don't want the whole story. issue. That's fine. I just feel like it is the thing that we've been building up to. We've yes. only had little fights here and there. Like true, it true. is the, it's the climax of the story. Yes, yes, for sure. What do you think for Betsy? What do you think her next journey shall be? Um, I don't want to say that I don't care, but <laughs> at the same time, I just I know she can was, do anything and it'd be fine. That was kind of my like. I'd rather know what's next for Rachel than I would know what's next for Betsy. And I mean, if they're in love, maybe they're together in some way. But that's what I'm more interested in. So is Chad and Curls. Chad from Gray Malkin Lane says, hooray for lesbian love. That's right, Chad. As Curls echoes the sentiment, so much love for Betsy and Rachel, but she's too destroyed to comment on Judgment Day. <laughs> yeah, girl. Warlion is asking if Rachel, Mother Ascani, and the mother of Hyperstorm are all one being, which makes him go back to an old theory that he liked, which stated that life six of Moira X's is Earth 811. Oh. Which interesting, right? And and how does that how does that work with travel across lives and especially I don't know, get the TVA in here. Tell us what's going on with like ha. time branches and multiverses and all of that. Maybe the diversions that we've seen from the Days of Future Past timeline are other lives of Moira's. It's possible. I'm not entirely sure because of the point at which 811 became itself at the mm. you know one forty one one forty two, the whole assassination of Senator Kelly attempt. Yeah, I do think that's an interesting. Oh yeah, I'm that, here for it. That's that cool. The, each life is one is a different universe essentially because or a different timeline because then it feels more like just because Moira reset. It's just like she resets, she creates a new universe every time she resets instead of erasing what was once there. Right. And even though I continuously say it and it'll probably never happen, I still want Zorn and Rasputin and the other one. What's her name? Omega Sentinel. No, the girl. Callisto? No. The one who got trapped. They were experimenting on her. Silo Yes. She wouldn't. She wasn't with them though. So it was just Zorn and Rasputin, Zorn, and, Rasputin and Omega, and Omega Sentinel. Sentinel. Okay. Well, I still want them to come back out of that black hole. Which and they, if they are were in a different universe. Then they could travel through universes. If they're in a black hole, they're not in the timeline. Because I just I feel like what we know about how Moira's powers work, the timeline gets disintegrated. You know, Destiny's mm-hmm. visions of 
everything going black because the timeline no longer exists when Sinister dies in Immortal X-Men in all those different pathways, that's because those Earths get wiped out, which, you know, what happened to Moira in Earth 811? I don't remember. Me either. Curls has two questions about Gambit. Okay. She's wondering if anyone knows about him besides the Knights. And I don't think so. Uh, no, how could they? There's no way of that information to travel back. They, at they the can't beginning, even get back to Krakoa. At the beginning of this series, they had tried to do some kind of communication across and had mm. been able to do that because of the combined psychic strength. But it doesn't seem like they've tried to do that since. They've no. just been in nonstop fight. Right. And all caps, why does he have a gala look if he wasn't even there? That's right, Curls. That's Right. It's misdirection. It's definitely misdirection and it's heartbreaking. It's like they're getting better at anticipating what we're going to expect by their clues before they just give it all away. Yeah, they'd now show they're us the just cover messing with us. They'd show us the cover three months ahead of time and then we just deal with it. And then now it's like, no, we'll, we'll show you this is happening, but it doesn't really happen. Or this is this and it's not. Look over here. Gambit's fine. No, he's not. On to the judgment. Oh, it's so time for judgment day. I love this cover. I do think this is a cool cover as a, you know, let's get set up for all this that's about to go down. I generally love Mark Brooks's covers, but this, it just feels like it's got all the epic crossover energy working for it. It mm-hmm. feels like a poster. The the split yes. between the sides and the Avengers trying to make sense of it all in the middle. I agree. Totally. Okay. Ready? Page turn noise. Welcome. Text boxes like it's the machine slash earth, but a different coloration and perspective. So Mm. he's normally blue. Oh. Earth, the machine, the words that we've seen before in Eve of Judgment, but also throughout the Eternals run. I'm halfway through. Woohoo. But we will find out what is this. There is a a question that makes a guess later on. Is this Polaris, do you think? Walking around with her green hair in the city? Maybe. I mean, she really... Getting her degree? She really took a hard turn from the X-Men. She she already has her degree at this point. Right. She's going to work. You know, she's, she's leaving living, the superheroing away. I got to do other things. Title page. Avengers. X-Men. Eternals. Judgment Day. Written by Kieran Gillen. Art by Valerio Shidi. Colors by Marta Gracia. Letters, Clayton Coles. VCs, Clayton Coles. Our lineup shots. So we can see who's major players on the Avengers, the X-Men, and the Eternals, which really, I'm going to bring it up later, but those aren't the X-Men. No. Those are the mutants. Yeah, let's be. In the same way the Eternals are not a team. Yeah. They are society. Yes. Agreed. And also, what, Phoenix? What now? Echo is the host of the Phoenix. Echo from Hawkeye. Ah. There was a miniseries that was fake to do with X-Men. It had X-Men on the cover, but had no X-Men in the comics. I see. I stopped reading it. I was like, I got to this page and I was like, I don't know what now. She's the new host of the Phoenix and she's an Avenger. Okay. We're in New York. A A little bait manipulation of Cersei. Oh, Tony, Tony. This this is extremely similar to a sequence in Eternals, but the roles are reversed. Cersei used Tony as bait to draw someone out of hiding as they were meeting on a rooftop. Interesting. Got some Hawks Pox referencing going on here. Oh, yeah. 
as the Phoenix comes in, I know Echo is the Phoenix, but I haven't been reading the Avengers. And that's really the only plot point that I seemingly need to catch up on. Mm -hmm. That and the whole celestial house thing. Yeah, yeah. They're living in a celestial. That's good. But like this is, I mean, I understand that Cersei is a powerful being, but she's caught completely off guard by this. And you're going to come in full force with this punch to the face. And I don't know, it just seems a little aggressive. I mean, she's a telepath. She's a low-level telepath and a matter manipulator. I, and and she can't die, or when she does die, she just comes back. And they don't want her to die. You know, they want to subdue her. Right. Yeah, it's true. Out in the treehouse, this this whole issue gets to the big questions that we need to know. Most of these opening pages do it in a very fast-paced way. There's a new phoenix. The X Men resurrection is known. Scott is distracted. Like he's not worried by the crowd. He's like, oh, it's so weird that that bird is on the Avengers. <laughs> I did think, like, you know, when he was like, is it weird that I, like, feel ownership of the Phoenix? I was like, Scott, back up. You had one-fifth. Okay. First of all, make up your mind. Do you want to be with Madeline? Do you want to be with the Phoenix? Or do you want to be with Gene? He doesn't want to be with the Phoenix. He wants to be the Phoenix. Ugh, whatever. Oh, because of the when they were like the Phoenix Five or whatever? Yeah, that's what I meant by one-fifth. Got uh, it. It's a topical resurrection connection, though. The Phoenix constantly being reborn, mm-hmm. switching hosts. We're seeing continued fallout, protests all around the X-Men's base. Hate, fear, jealousy. Like we're closer and closer to the dark side. Yeah. I mean... I did think it was interesting, this person saying, oh, you guys get to live, but my child is still dead. And I was like, okay, did your child die in a battle caused by, like, in an aftermath of a battle with the X-Men? Right. Or are you just saying it's not fair because my kid's dead and you're not? It's the second one, I think. And it's, was your kid able to save the universe? Right. Sorry. uh, Was your kid murdered by humans repeatedly? No. Sorry. Uh, right. It's It was an interesting like, yeah, I'm sorry for you that your child is dead, but also why are you blaming the X-Men for and, that? Yeah, right. It's not as if everyone stopped killing mutants. We made a law not to kill you all because you can't come back. Right. But now you have the this being the perfect counter argument to Orcus's data page from X-Men 12 mm-hmm. about... Well, then killing them doesn't matter anymore. Well, no, 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 no. We got resurrection because you kept on killing us. Right, because you kept doing it. Logistically, though, they could have just duplicated the five and multiply production speeds. I mean, whether it's actual duplicates or new chimeras, mm-hmm. they could be doing more of, of whatever it is they're doing in their secrets. Yeah, but they got that kind of no-no situation of having more than one. And as we learned with Eeny Meeny situation, it's not good if you're replicating someone who's already alive. Chimeras, I could I could get down with. I'm but telling you. Just having like duplicates of the five running around, that seems like it could get tricky. You combine the necessary things that you need into a Madrox body and you just multiply. You just dupe it out. Because Krakoa still only has 200,000 mutants, which was the estimated statistic given during X-Men Fantastic Four number two. So way back when. Oh, yeah. Way back when. That was a data page estimated by Reed Richards that they had 200,000 mutants living on Krakoa. What have the five been doing with all this time? Are they all really dying that frequently? I mean, who knows? 
little fun semantics argument between Kurt and his moms. Are you even my kid? I'm, I'm definitely your kid. And then that jerk with the tail. <laughs> I don't know what Destiny was doing during that time. She definitely wasn't dead. Ooh, rough. The Eternals will try to kill us all. I love this shot of Destiny. Just that clarity of vision. Mm -hmm. Shout out to Mystique for wanting to warn the Iraqi too. Yes. Unfortunately, it doesn't happen in time. Well, it does, but they have another problem to deal with. And again, in the same way how Eve of Judgment summed up Eternals plot bits, let's get some fast facts on the mutants corner of the Marvel Universe. Don't call it Mars. That's a flat scan word now. I love that. Storm made it breathable. She's not a queen anymore. And it was a team effort. See Planet Size X-Men. Yeah. Yeah, I thought this issue did a really good job. Like, I get why we needed Eve of Judgment, but I also feel like if Eve of, Eve of Judgment could have been one or two pages in this issue and we'd be cool. Yeah, I do agree. And a lot of people were reacting that they just didn't care for it because they likely weren't reading or interested in the Eternal story. Mm -hmm. The population of Arako is one million mutants. And I went on a rabbit hole this afternoon. Oh, no. X-Men, 2019, issue 16. It seems there are about 20 times as many mutants on Arako as there are here. 20 times 20,000 is 4 million. Oh. So are you telling me that 3 million mutants have died or left Arako since they came to Seoul? Or someone just didn't fact check the way you did. Yeah, well, you know, hire me. <laughs> or... In that issue, were there were there less mutants on Krakoa because they hadn't brought so many back yet? Well, I mean, it's still before that. That's the estimate of two hundred thousand. Oh, oh. Is is Cable War Captain of Arako now? What, what is he doing here? Yeah, I'm I'm hanging out with you guys because like I'm supposed to be hanging out with Brand, but I kind of hate that lady so. I'd rather hang out with you. Yeah, has, Eventually, I'm going to be on your team anyway. Has he always been working with Storm? Like, I'm in, but it feels as if there's something that's not being communicated between them and the Krakoan Council. Mm. Mm. And why Eternals? Well, we made imitation immortality and they're suing for copyright infringement. Mm -hmm. And I did like this comparison to Olympians tearing down the Titans and... yeah. Yeah, and I love this paint, this bottom panel, and the coloration and the framing and the background and this statement of "We are the world's new gods" gives me very much "We are your gods now" feel. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. this is tying into like, and it is a good, you know, like it does make sense when you're comparing it in that way. It's it's a little. It's still the inflation of his ego beyond what he should be and magnetoing it. yeah you know absolutely and i love magneto there is no wrong that he can do but it was a bold statement in hawks one and it's a bold statement now that may come back to bite you before the end of the issue be bold baby be bold into avengers mountain the interrogation a psychic dead zone for no outside communications her powers are actually matter manipulation but all eternals have light mm, telepathy psychic ability as we see her costume changing in real time in this mm. panel yeah i was wondering what was going on there it's like why is she naked thanos that's the big sticking point that's what they're all upset about his presence was kept secret from the avengers from everyone 
Yeah, and I mean, I can understand where the Avengers are coming from. Is like you kept this from us, and now there's all this weird activity, and there's, something's something's up. And there's you're not other telling stuff us. you're not telling us. And he was able somehow to take control of the Eternals just before Druig, a layered master plan by Druig using the Mad Titan to then sway things towards him. I love thinking about this idea of self-importance here. Like Tony is an egotistical maniac. We know it. We know it. We hate him for it. But demanding truth from someone who is, what, thousands of years old and immortal? Yeah. I don't owe you anything, little tin man. Little tin man. And then the door opens. Captain America. He's like, listen, this is not how we handle this business. If I've never seen or heard a more Captain America moment, Cersei was an Avenger. We have to show her some trust. Right. Captain America for the win. Right? Like, I mean... I, that's what I was saying before. Like, I think it's a, like what they did, how they approached the situation was a little aggressive. Like, why not try to have a conversation with Cersei about it? If she's meeting with you, she's here. Yes, they hid these things from you. But you're going to go full attack mode right away? Because they've been hiding these things. And the reasons why, at least he's arguing why, are the instances that Tony brings up on the next page where the different things that are happening around the world, the different mm-hmm. eternally spikes in energy and needing to get to the bottom of it because they've lied about Earth, potentially Earth-destroying statements before. Yeah, okay. I just, I still think it was a little aggressive. Oh, no, it was totally aggressive. It's just speaks to the gravity of the situation. Mm-hmm. The Eternals are going to war, like war, war. How do you know all this? Just tell me what you know because I'm not going to accidentally reveal our resurrection secret. Mm-hmm. The Avengers, Tony, have been watching the Eternals. And this this is where that differentiation comes from. It's literally Shaw saying, we're not actually all X-Men at the first Hellfire Gala. Yeah. The fact that there was no X-Men until Jerry's title. They are a society, and you're thinking of them as a single group. Mm-hmm. And I'm not one of that group, and I'm not the one you have to worry about. Right. Okay, That's well, who's the one I have to worry about? Oh, the man giving a campaign speech. He was working it over with Domo and Eve of Judgment, and now here it is, swaying the Unimind. And they're all thumbs up. Yep, good. Let's do it. deviation. Take yeah, it yeah, down. Yeah, yeah, no. It, it tracks. Let's go kill him. Into the exclusion. We, he's just kind of relishing in his speech as Uranus the Undying is about to get a prison work release. I think it's funny that Uranus is like, okay, little man, you're not that cool. Yeah. Give me my hour of power to destroy anything. You'll see what I can do with an hour. Yeah. It's always easier to destroy than to create. Cut to... The Damocles Foundation. Druig in a different light. He's a businessman now. I'm a businessman with business plans. I gotta say, the the rest of this issue, the way this whole thing goes down... Oh, I love it. I love this kind of layering. Yeah. I'm here for it. Talking about the full plan, which makes it seem like a very well thought out plan because they're anticipating every reaction it's the not everything works right but they have layers of plans it's the heist movie we're going to talk about our plan but you're going to see the plan happening it's oceans 11 right love it they are oceans 11 in krakoa yes or the mutants yes the mutants because uranus is only part of it he's a big part but only part and it's cool too that like He's monologuing this whole thing, but essentially it feels like it's kind of happening in real time because he has this psychic connection to the things that are happening as they happen. Mm. 
Love the distinction between pro-human anti-mutant and human agnostic anti-deviant. We're we're not really pro-human. We just accept that. We do what we got to do in that realm. Let me eat a donut and tell you what's going down. Oh, man. Why are you so mad, Moira? Well, I gave them Utopia and then they cast me out. Hold up. Are you still blaming them for what they did? You were cast out because you were secretly creating a cure for all mutants and they caught you. Yeah. Shut up, Moira. This is not their fault. I'm so done with her. Get out of my A lot of people are upset with the light that she's been cast in and the the speed at which she went in, you know, just kind of in the shadows, Mm, one of the greatest resources to mutants. The reason why we're all here in Krakoa and then immediate heel turn in Inferno and then just layers further. I mean, once you become a robot, there's there's, there's no going back. There's no saving your humanity. Yeah, I mean, I think as a story point, having this twist of her being evil is very interesting, but I can completely understand being like, okay, this character, this is a big retcon, right? It was a retcon, a big retcon for her to be a mutant, and now she she's this ally to the mutants, but no more. Yeah, like she's their complete nemesis. Because I don't even get evil, really. It just, it's especially the listing importance of her betrayal, like as if that's the reason why she's gone so evil. Yeah, she's super angry. Right, but there, there was no. What was the motivation to make you turn against them? Then it was just the fear that they were going to. This was your last life, and you doubted your choices, and that you had it right all along. And destiny was. Well, I think there's probably also a little bit of of jealousy involved because, let's say, okay, Moira Charles and Magneto all did this thing together. Krakoa was created, and then Moira had to go in her no place. And for all that time, she sat in the shadows while the two of them got all the glory. And even though she was doing it originally for the betterment of mutant kind and to save them and to have this outcome, when you sit alone in a no place and everybody is then just taking this thing that you help build and doing whatever they want with Party it. Party island every day. You know, I can understand you having some resentment for that and becoming jealous and then being like, okay, well, you're not going to give me any credit. You're never going to tell people that I exist. How long am I going to be trapped in here? You know what? I'm done with this. I've got 40 good years left and this might be my last life. Right. And if you have a lot of time to think about those things, you start thinking about, you know, when your when yourself is the only thing that is in existence to you, your only relationship, then yourself and your self-preservation becomes the most important thing to you. Yeah. But at the same time, she's used to it, right? How many times have you gestated in the womb for a full nine months, conscious of your entire life, just swimming? Yeah, but swimming? at least you know in nine months you're coming out. That's true. Just go swim in laps. Yuck. Stop it. <laughs> Super gross. Stop making those arm motions. <laughs> destiny's vision i can burn an island too you know mm-hmm. i did love that moment. i did too but let's talk about the let's talk about the quiet council the threats they were ready they were planning at least for a war with orcus they were not ready for the eternals no they were not ready for the eternals and it shows because boom attacked yeah the biggest threat on their individual level are the psychics on the council combining the forces of half of what they have to take down the telepaths as this unimind, the beautiful psychic warfare. So beautiful. So beautiful. 
Unimind on one side and then armored warriors on the other taking on the full island. These attacks and defenses, the X-Men planning for their eventual reaction and knowing they can't sideline them. All of these pages are so gorgeous. Yeah, and it's just, it's at that point where, except for the framing of the meeting between Druig and Moira, we're just getting constant action right now. Yes, constant action. Go sound the alarm. X-Men, let's go. We're needed on Krakoa. Slice through that air magic. Slice it. Get it. Love it. I love that we're getting, we just got the announcement of the X-Men and now, boom, we get to see the team in action. Right. Yeah. And the fact that this is leading you into their first couple of stories. Mm-hmm. The Great Rings meeting I on just, Arako and the danger that is coming, apparently. I know it's not really relevant, but like, why is Arako so cute? <laughs> like, Krakoa always has kind of like a stern look, but Arako's just like, boom, with the little... Lower little, little merp face. Their little underbite. I just I think Arako's so cute. Druig's threat in that last panel. For starters, there will be a lot less than a million by now. Oh God. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh no. We need I'm... to focus on eliminating their ability to resurrect. <sighs> Four layers of assault on this entire plan. They're doing the Unimind on the council. They're doing Arako's council and Arako itself. They're doing the island itself. And then Jack of Knives going in for the five specifically. Oof. There's those images. But Wolverine. There's, there's egg. Stabbed. I love it. I love the way Wolverine finds Jack of Knives. Yeah. You didn't wipe egg's blood off. I smelled egg, not you. I don't know why... He revealed it to him so that next time I know. Next time I know to wipe it off. Oh, well, just, you know, everybody's always, everybody's always revealing their evil plots or their secret weapons. And that's just how comics work. At least he motivates the necessary response and alerts of the truth. They're coming for the five. They know everything. They know. Oh, just that, that face on the next page where he's screaming to Jean. Oh, God. So the psychic attack was specifically in the council chamber. Yep. Because I, at first I was like, how is Jean not affected by this once she gets on the island? But right. It was specifically for them. And interesting that they don't then go after Jean right. when she comes to the island, knowing that she would come in response, regardless of how you got magic bringing them there. Even if you take out the gates, those aren't the gates that they want to take out as we find later on. But Jean should very much so be on that list Maybe, no, Moira would know that she's no longer on the council. Hmm. Interesting. Here's my question. Is Xavier stepping in for hope in this little resurrection moment? Because I, the, it's said that we, oh, we had extra eggs made. I don't think hope died. Oh. I don't think hope died because Wolverine stopped Jack of Knives as he was going to kill her. Oh, I see. And then who knows if she was able to sync with his healing factor. But there's still five people circled around this egg that's that's after egg has been resurrected that's cable in the middle being resurrected oh got it oh, okay got it because that's why he's like what happened that's why he's naked right 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 hope is hugging her naked dad yep weird what happened oh uh. well i do can can storm talk to the council or wolverine because i hate to say it Get Hank on this. 
get Brandon here. Cable will have something to say too. D nobody knows that Brand. They, they don't know that she's with Orcus, but they at least know she's up to some shady business right. on Mars, on right. Arako. Yeah. So share that information. Yes, yeah, Storm, let them know. Maybe don't bring Brand into this. No. Maybe Brand is not on our side. Keep her far away, but also she's dead. Yee Oh, God. And then this page. The slow realization as I looked at this page, and at first I was like, a skull. Oh, my God. And at first I just saw the pile of bones and the desecration of Rocco. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God. No, no, no. And then I took Scorched. a closer look. And then I saw the Magneto helmet. Yep. And I just, I was laying on my stomach reading. And I just sat, sat up. up. And I just <laughs> looked at Justin. And I said nothing. And I'm getting the same feeling right now. Like, this is a panic feeling to me. At least with Gambit, there's like, ooh, there's a Siege Perilous. There's like, we don't know. We literally just saw Magneto destroy his ability to be resurrected. Yeah. Imagine imagine Al Ewing right now as he's like, oh, yeah, I wrote these three cute little stories about death. And then Kieran's like, everyone's dead. Your whole yeah. book is dead. Like, what? Yeah. This, I cannot. I don't have words. I feel so afraid. What? Yeah, it sucks because it's such a beautiful page, but I'm absolutely gutted by Agreed. what it's, it's what it's meaning. Page. This this last panel is probably one of my favorite of the issues, just because he burned the X Men's logo into the ground. Oh God. So most importantly, we see Magneto's helmet. Are you telling me he's dead? Are you teasing me that he's dead? Charles has to have put an old backup save somewhere. Plus, there's the waiting room. He can come back. Technically, they can all come back if they want to. I, I think that that's how that works. Who's, it, whose X-Men sunglasses are these? Uh, Abigail Brand's. Oh. Those are specifically Abigail Brand's sunglasses, which is another interesting point. So... Uranus is counting off 10 people as if he was only there, doesn't know who the council of the Great Ring is on Arako. He's there for 10 bodies in their chamber. He gets Brand and Cable, because this is Cable's skull in the second panel, the oh, techno-organic yes. on the side, okay. the, the scar marks in the eye. Yes, which is like, would there really be scar through this all the way through to the bone? Oh, yeah. <laughs> So I think that that means Iska and Storm are the ones who survived. Also because they're on a cover of X-Men Red coming up and Iska can't be beaten. Iska cannot be beaten. I just, I'm not okay. No. This is what I have to say about it. I'm not okay. I don't know when I'm going to be okay. This is the first time that I, in a while, that I have... I read these issues on a Wednesday and we didn't talk about it until a Thursday and I've been, this is a moment, you know, we've had this conversation before, like when you watch The Walking Dead and someone dies and then you have to watch The Talking Dead so you can process your feelings about The Walking Dead death. I've been waiting to process my feelings about this situation and, and I'm not helping because I'm saying, no, he's, he looks like he's dead. He's pretty dead. The preview art that I posted a while back from the upcoming issue of X-Men Red, 
that looks like we'll actually see the battle between Uranus and Oh, that's cool. The Iraqi Council. So they'll be alive in a flashback and then that's it. Sorry, folks. Yeah. They can't they're not gonna they're not gonna kill Magneto forever. No, I'm not okay. This is not they're okay. They're not gonna kill Magneto forever. They might kill him for three years. Three years? I'm not <laughs> this is, I am not okay. I they am might not. kill him for the rest of Krakoa. But I think that that's a bold strategy. I am having a panic attack right now. Silent panic attack. I'm sweating. I'm not okay. Let's go back to the exclusion. This is how you start a series. This is how With you're a starting bang, it. bang, though. Come on. Oh, Nelly. Magneto, Magneto is in my top five favorite mutants. So I'm joking through my pain right now, trying to be okay. Because if he's dead and he's no longer in X-Men Red, what? what's the point? What's the point? Like, Storm's great. I love Storm. She is also in my top five. But come on. It's just that this event goes until November. And if we're starting killing Magneto, what the heck is going to happen the rest of the time? He can will himself back through the, the waiting room. Oh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So we're doing round two. What's going on? Not yet. Not yet. Go back to jail. You did great. You're going to stay here. He's in the exclusion because of his potential to destroy Earth, to destroy the machine. A direct contradiction to their programming, which is why he's only used on Arako for this issue. And he says, I'll try. I, I promise I'll try to spare a hemisphere. You know, I'll keep the Earth alive in some way. Mm. But that's why he's been in prison, because of his potential. Aye, aye, aye. You can burn Mars. We don't care. Ooh, speaking of burns... This whole next thing of doing like, hey, people, I'm coming to you, but I'm coming to you through your technology because coming to you with a message in your brain is invasive, Charles yeah. Xavier. I wouldn't talk in your minds. Gross. They suck. We'll handle them. Just let us do our work and don't mind the scary death machines. Look how happy all those people are that They're the mutants cheering. are going to be destroyed. You're, the Eternals, the, the people that you don't even know. How how many of you know any of the Eternals? And you're hearing this guy and you're like, oh, yeah, that sounds great. That sounds really good. And it's like, okay, so you're upset because the mutants can live forever. Kind of. They didn't even do anything to you. They didn't even make it three years. And now you're like, oh, you're going to kill them Murder all? Murder them. Great. I'm here for it. You're if, all terrible. If I can't have it, no one can. But also, yeah, don't worry about these giant death monster robots who, by the way, I love. And they very much give me, like this panel in this situation gives me like the vibes of the beginning of the Disney animated Hercules movie when Zeus calls all the Titans, all the titans yeah. out from all their different parts of the earth. But these, these uh, the Hex, they're cool looking. Yeah, they're intense. But they don't seem good. And they are the forces of Uranus. He's the reason why he can stay in the exclusion because I've got your team. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't need, need you, you right now. It'll come to that if it needs to. Well, we got to assemble. Yeah, we got to get it together. We're leaving Cersei locked up because she's hiding something. And Tony's not coming because there's a, a pleasant intruder that's brought a gift. Look, it's a sinister I hey, brought you a sinister. This is an annoying mutant that I have captured <laughs> and gagged. Let me explain. We want to build a god. It's a holy war. We're bent to do this because of our divine visions of what we should do as a society. And 
if we make a fake god or a replica god, that will seemingly change everything. And People and, will listen to the god. Right. Well, how are we going to do that? Oh, you silly biscuits, you live inside one. <laughs> You're living in an empty god. <laughs> Plus, this guy knows how to fill an empty husk with DNA. Bada bing, bada boom. Let's do it. Next is August. Judgment Day will rest next week and come back with a vengeance the following week. Ay, 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 caramba. So all that processing, you, you've got time. You I know? don't know if I will be processed by then. Yeah. What do you think? Big picture. I mean, I think this is going to be a very exciting story. I love the dynamics. We were talking a little bit about this when we were talking about Eve of Judgment and how exciting it is to know that it's not all the Eternals on one side and there's this interesting assemblance of characters that's coming. I think the the way this storytelling is, is uh, laid out is really great. I'm enjoying the art. I, you know, I hate what happened, but I also love what happened because... It's got you invested. Right, it's got when you a story intrigued. affects you that much, it's just so exciting. And you have this feeling of no they did not just do that is this real they're really gonna do that like you have to keep reading because you have to know right right the people that passed on judgment day the event or or are uninterested in what's going on when they pick up x-men red they're gonna have a rude awakening right and then they're gonna want to go back and what just happened i'm sorry what's going on did you say death to the mutants which is the miniseries. No, I love this. I thought this was really good, really high energy, really seeded into a lot of things. It felt natural. It felt like it was this epic story coming together from all different parts. Yeah. It had so many characters, so much resonating with their voices. It wasn't overly complex or wordy. It felt approachable. The art is amazing. Marta and Valerio are the the event team they were on one of the one or two issues of inferno and were the main event art team on empire it's great i i think it's going to be a really exciting couple of months yeah absolutely whose side are you on who's in the wrong here druig is in the wrong what is this a real question are we really asking this question no the mutants are wrong they should all die what what you know it's the thing of uh, tony says where you get a good bad idea and you just kind of go with it yeah this is they're not he doesn't even believe himself oh yeah yeah they're they're deviants they're deviants and they're they're supposed to only be confined to earth and now they're off in mars and they want to conquer the galaxy and he just wants an excuse to do whatever he wants to do. Yeah. The Pikachu pointed out that Legion of X mentioned Iraqi leaving to be mercenaries. Do we think they'll return now that there's war? Oh, yeah. Like, if there are any Iraqi people left, they're coming back. This is their you-know-what. This is their stuff. This, this is, is their the, jam. This is the thing that they've been waiting for. This is what they've been waiting for. I think the approach for them was so interesting to cut them off. So the gates to Krakoa are gone from Morocco. That Crazy. was that was an intentional attack from Uranus and his Oof. forces was to eliminate the gates, cut them off from Krakoa, cut them off from Earth, eliminate their government structure. And he left some of his forces to fight and distract them while they're up there. It's just not going to be a great situation. Pikachu also wants to know if Sinister is going to make himself part of the new Celestial. 
the red text boxes that we see at the beginning and the end and the tone make him think yes. Ooh. So normally you would get blue text boxes from the earth, not necessarily a celestial, but interesting because I think this Ooh. this style of boxes looks like the machines. Yes, I agree with that. But the red of sinister, the red eyes of the celestial, I think Ooh. there's there's definitely some potential to that. That's interesting. I like it. I like it. The Legion on Zoom is wondering how the first issue of AXE is already better than all of AVX and IVX. Well, I couldn't tell you because I didn't read any of those. <laughs> it's the energy. It's the big scope. It's the fact that, I mean, in AVX, we didn't really get a whole lot of V. And right now we are we are charging through this with world shattering verses. Right off the bat. And I just, I feel like it's the cohesion of vision and especially just the, the team that you have of collaborators mm-hmm. with X-Men. Like the X-Men, the X-Office is such a, unified front in their ability to work that story to have kieran have been a part of that and have seeded his own thing in eternals like that's the connection point yeah there's a there's definitely this collaborative storytelling thing that happens very well for the most part in x-men comics so letting that spread out into the larger the other issue uh, into the other lines and the other titles is that's something else yeah warline comics is laughing about us now knowing why uranus considers thanos an amateur right he just stepped in that's the truth mike loves mariah carey wonders if we think we'll see the psychic attack in legion of x or immortal x-men so the the unimind psychic attack on the council I don't think we would see it in Legion of X because even though it happened, it, it only happened to the council. Like, I think if Jean had been a part of it and it was affecting all psychics on Krakoa, but because of how Legion of X and and all of that is very specific to Legion and what's happening in Legion's mind, I don't think that we would. Yeah, and if anything, he is on Arako, right? The, the gate and everything that... Right. The altar is well, through the gate. The Is it on Arako anymore? Right, right. What is on Arako? Immortal X-Men is our next issue in this story where I think we'll see the aftermath of the attack on Krakoa in yes. addition to Exodus's story, especially connecting with Apocalypse, which I think is great. Even when you talk about the celestial connection between mm-hmm. Apocalypse, let's go. X-Men Red, I believe we'll be seeing the attack on Arako. And those are the next two. Those come out the same week. Oh, my God. Legion of X is actually a few issues behind. Its next two issues aren't AXE tie-ins. It comes in with issue six in October. Oh, interesting. So I wonder if they'll actually address it in any way, because how can you have Nightcrawler be there? Probably not until later if the timeline situation is not lining up until. Yeah, I don't know what the delay was or if they just saw that that is something that could be separate. Mm. Mike is also talking about all these councils. Everyone gets one. (laughs) You get a council and you get a council. Do we think the Iraqi council was all wiped? Not to reopen the wound that we just. I can't. I I don't think so. Because of what you said about brand and cable. Yeah. Storm and um, Storm and, and Iska are definitely safe. 
Iska. Oh, and they they're like they don't like each other, but now they're gonna have to work together. Let's go. Growth. But I think the rest of them are dead. <sighs> I'm laughing through my pain. First Tarn, now this. Now everyone. Vaderino doesn't believe it for a second that the Iraqi council went down like that. He also was curious about some similarities between Cersei and Emma. Mm. Just the energy that Cersei was giving off was very Emma. Oh, yeah, I could see that. Yeah. I could see that as Emma energy. And, and also, I'm here for the read that it was not real. And that was all just an illusion or something. I don't or... know if it was an illusion, but I wonder if... Like, because we saw... I mean, he is counting, right? But we only saw the skull of Cable. And then we saw Cable get resurrected. But we saw Magneto's helmet. But we didn't see Magneto's skull. That's true. And I'm fine if Bran's dead. <laughs> we, we don't even have to resurrect him. That's okay. Yeah, I don't know. Like, how do we know Magneto's helmet didn't just come off of his head and he flew away? Or something. But I also just... I think it is interesting, right, to think, I don't know what Uranus's power set is and how powerful he is, but knowing that every mutant on the council, on the Araco, like, ring, great ring, is an Omega-level mutant. So you're going to come in and face, let's say there's only eight of them at that point, but you're going to be one person against eight Omega level mutants and you're going to be able to take them all out. That is a little questionable. Yeah. Uranus is considered one of the most powerful of the Eternals. He is shown using the ability to shoot lasers from his eyes and release an energy blast from his chest that was able to obliterate most of Lemuria. Well, it does seem that the energy blast did happen. Yeah. And Kurt got out of it. And... It does also when Kurt comes back and he's yelling and he's saying, "Bring them back, bring them back." He clearly does not know right. that Magneto. Nobody does. I don't chose. think chose. And so, like, they brought back Cable. They can bring back anybody else. Like, they could bring back Brand. And then they're gonna go try to bring back Magneto, and then they're not gonna. That's be able what I'm to thinking. That Xavier has to have something, or you know. There's got to be a way through the... He has like a little secret Magneto backup that he keeps yeah, in his personal collection. Just in case. You're not taking my guy out like that. I don't know, man. I just don't know. I'm not okay. AM Friedrich wants to know if this is the Avengers' chance to make up for not being there for mutants in the past. Seems like it. <laughs> I think it's their chance. I'm not sure if they're going to take it. Yeah, who knows what they'll do, but it seems like it's right there primed for the taking. Right. It, I imagine that that opportunity will be there somewhat and they'll be more focused on subduing the Eternals and what they're trying to do because they are the most aware of the game that Druig's playing. Mm. It'd be great to see them team up with the X-Men, with the mutants in some yeah. way, and to share that knowledge, but I just <laughs> I don't see it. For Iron Man. Oh, goodness. Kid Wolf, PJ is saying that Judgment has a lot of people nervous for Krakoa. Well, yeah. Here's the thing. Oh, I'm not ready for Krakoa to be over, though. I don't think it is. I, I, like, you, know. you mean, like, just nervous for 
what's going to happen on Krakoa? Because when you said that, I thought like, oh, is this going to be the end of Krakoa? I don't think this is going to be the end of Krakoa. I, full stop. I think this might be a big shift in Krakoa as a governmental structure. Yes. And that's fine. Yeah. But the era is intending to stay on oh, right, for, for a couple oh, more yeah, years, at three least. Three more years when Magneto so, can finally come back. Right. That was that reference before was that Jordan White has talked about a three-year plan that they started with when Hickman left. And this is oh, this is gosh. that big event. You know, I don't think it's going to it's going to make some waves. Sure. It's going to change some things and it's going to bring even more secrets out to the front, which is great. But. Krakoa better not be ending. No, better not. That's all our questions. Oh my goodness. That's all our thoughts. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't have anything else to say except wah wah wee wah. What a week. So next week we have X Men Red. No, we no. have nothing relative to Krakoa next week. What? We have Gambit number one. And we have Wolverine Patch, I believe number four, but I didn't write it down. Wow. Well, I guess we'll see what happens in Gambit number one. Wolverine Patch will be Wolverine Patch. Yeah. I'm, I'm honestly already thinking about what else can I throw in there. What else can we talk about? But We'll think of something. We'll worry about that next week. And we'll just stew on this. Maybe we'll have uh, expanded afterthoughts. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll finish the Eternals. I'll, I'll say it right now. I will finish the rest of the Eternals run before we record next week. You heard it here first, folks. I'm halfway through, and I did all of that yesterday. Okay, yeah, so it's definitely possible. Okay, well, it hurts me to say this right now, but until next time, old friend. In three years, Charles. Oh, you just (laughs) stabbed me right in the heart. Judgment. Thanks so much for joining us today on the Ex-Wife Podcast. Be sure to leave us a review and tell your friends. The Ex-Wife Podcast is produced in Providence, Rhode Island by Alicia and Justin. Our music is by Quan.